Thanks for tuning in to Expressing Motherhood's podcast. My name is Lindsay Cabot, creator of Expressing Motherhood. Expressing Motherhood is 10 years old. So huge thanks to everybody who's continued supporting my fourth child, as I like to say. I'm a mom out of Los Angeles who has three children, and I've been happily producing and directing this show uh, since 2008. You're about to listen to Los Angeles mother, Courtney Crane, share her story with you. Uh, The night Courtney shared her stories, we had two shows here in Silver Lake in December. Los Angeles was on fire, but that theater was packed. People drove from all over the city to come see our show. So thank you, Los Angeles, and thank you, Courtney Crane. Enjoy listening to Courtney's story, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My stomach lurched as I opened the email from my husband. I knew there had been another arrest, but seeing the actual police report in writing made it real. This time our son had been arrested for cocaine. My husband was just now sending me the email with all the gory details. Not only that, but there was a dash cam video. I bet I'm the only mom in this mall who's received an email from her husband detailing her son's (coughs) cocaine possession arrest. I can't decide if I'm mad at my husband for sending me this while I'm Christmas shopping with my daughter or if I'd be more pissed if he held it until the right time. I'm waiting in line at Sephora holding Maddie's soggy bag of pretzel bites (laughs) while she scours the shiny shelves for a secret Santa gift for her private Episcopal school ninth grade advisor group. The gift budget is $40. (laughs) At her public middle school, secret Santa gifts were fuzzy socks from Target or a reindeer Pez dispenser. Today, my daughter is considering eyebrow kits by Anastasia of Beverly Hills (laughs) and lipstick palettes by one of those Kardashians. Normally, I'd get on my soapbox about the $40 gift, but today I keep my mouth shut. I can't deal with it. I hold a place in the long snaking line and cut my hand around my phone in case someone happens to look over my shoulder at the email. The police report says a small glass vial fell out of Ben's jeans onto the, dan- onto the dance floor at the all-campus cool Yule party. A policewoman overheard Ben's loud, raspy voice broadcasting to his friends that he brought cocaine with him to the dance. Yes, he said that out loud. His cocaine dropped to the floor as he pulled his phone from his front pocket. The policewoman confronted Ben and he admitted the coke was his. She then put him in double locked handcuffs. And this was the real police, not campus security. I take a calming yoga breath and glance across the aisle, catching Maddie's 14-year-old dancer's body swirl around the store with her Lululemon leggings, hoodie, and striped Adidas. She's a clone of every teenage girl here. She's rubbing colors on her wrist and texting pictures to her friends. She mouths to me one more second, and I give her the thumbs up. Pulling pulling the tight hairband off my wrist, I put my hair up and pop one of Maddie's pretzel bites in my mouth. How can I be standing in a packed mall with one child while my other child is in crisis? I'm still reeling from Ben's first arrest a few weeks ago, before things escalated. He got caught smoking weed about a block off campus with nose-ringed, black-haired Blair and crazy Nige from Morocco. (laughs) 
In the grand scheme of things, the weed bust didn't seem that bad. A stern letter from the college and a hefty fine. But now, cocaine? The cell service in Sephora is spotty. I check my email again to see if the dash cam video loaded. It has. I view my son being escorted out of the cool Yule dance between two police officers, his arms cuffed behind his back and no coat on. He's in a familiar thrift store Hawaiian shirt, rolled up jeans, and his signature mismatched neon socks. Clusters of college kids gawk as Ben ducks his brown mop of hair into the back of the squad car. With blue lights flashing, they haul him off to jail. Happy shrieks jolt me from the surreal experience of watching my son get into a police car in handcuffs. People in line look up from their phones to see Maddie hugging her friend Sophie from dance class. I catch Maddie's eye and point to my watch. She nods okay and I dive back into the police report. It describes my Ben lying on a cot in cell number three facing the wall. It notes that he is breathing at 11.05 p.m. Benjamin Michael Crane, still breathing, 11.36 p.m. 30 minutes later, still breathing, still lying down, still facing the wall. Surely they'd removed the double-locked handcuffs, but the report didn't mention them. It did mention the contents of his pocket upon arrest, clear eye drops, dentine gum, and a lady's purple Velcro wallet. He lost his expensive leather wallet and replaced it with a $4 ladies purple one, which made me smile. I hold back welling tears, swallowing the apricot-sized lump in my throat as I visualize my son lying on a cot facing the wall in cell number three while my daughter dances through Sephora picking out a secret Santa gift. I toss what's left of Maddie's pretzel bites in the trash and we head home where my husband is fixing spaghetti and finishing up our annual family Christmas video. Perhaps he should include Ben's dash cam footage. <laughs> it's not exactly Facebook material, but neither is our life. <laughs> <laughs>